Happy Friday. This is The Ron Show on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. It's Friday, November 18th, 2022, and another cold one. This is fall. I fear winter. <laughs> winter, however, we know is coming. I'm your host, Ron Roberts, and uh, I've got a lot to get into today. We're going to have uh, Jackson Hurley from Voters for Tomorrow on in the third, third segment to talk about what his organization is doing, flooding the state of Georgia with some boots on the ground, some youth-activated voters who are here to help Raphael Warnock get across the finish line with the runoff now coming up in less than three weeks. We're going to focus in on Marjorie Taylor Greene and her inability to understand what sourcing is. She was challenged yesterday by a reporter, was it yesterday or the day before, uh, by a reporter who fact-checked her you know, the, 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 the big GOP talking point leading up to Election Day was how fentanyl is just streaming across the board. Remember, we we're going to have like this horrible carnage on Halloween with the fentanyl lace candy. Anybody see any stories about that after Halloween? I don't recall hearing a word about that. Anyway, she and the GOP seem to think that it is the immigrant crossing the border illegally who is bringing the fentanyl in when... The data shows that's actually not the case. So a reporter challenged her with that data, citing the Cato Institute, and she said, oh, well, the Cato Institute isn't down there talking to Border Patrol agents. Small problem. The, the data came from the Border Patrol agency. Anyway, we'll dive into that next hour as well. And then I'm going to wrap the show, last segment today, with some... Left-leaning comedy, because I like to leave for the weekend with a smile on my face. Some comedy, right? So we'll do that. Uh, First things first, one of the glaring headlines I saw today in the AJC that I think really deserves a little bit of attention is how Georgia has once again received a failing grade, an F grade, for poor maternal and infant health. This from the March of Dimes. And the story coming to us from Donovan Thomas at the AJC. Pregnant women and infants in Georgia continue to have poorer health outcomes than the rest of the nation, data shows, reflecting severe racial inequities and conditions worsened by the pandemic. The uh, March of Dimes 2022 Maternal and Infant Health Report card released Tuesday gives Georgia an F based on high rates of preterm birth, infant mortality, low-risk cesarean births, and inadequate prenatal care. For infant mortality, the story continues. Georgia's rate of 6.1 deaths for every 1,000 live births in 2021 exceeded the national rate of 5.4 deaths per 1,000. Broken down by race, 10.8% of black babies died, twice as many as Hispanic babies at 5.4%. The rate for white babies was 4.9% and 4.2% for Asian Pacific Islander babies. The story continues. Georgia's preterm birth rate of 11.9% for 2021 was higher than the national rate at 10.5% and the highest for the state since 2007. Black women in Georgia had their babies prematurely at a rate of 14.7%, which was 47% higher than that of all other women in the state. Now, I'm not going to read the entire article for you, but I am going to give you a quote from a March of Dimes spokesperson. Uh, Tamara Curran said, Pre-existing health disparities are magnified and compounded. Pre-existing health disparities are magnified magnified and compounded due to this maternal and infant health 
crisis. She goes on to say, we saw issues around low staffing, resource issues, pressure around patients' length of stay in the hospital, and fears that families faced in terms of wanting to seek in-person health care. Still, in 2022, we see these disparities along racial lines. Now, I will say this. Hat tip to state lawmakers who, as the article points out, also extended Medicaid coverage for mothers post-pregnancy. And Curran commented on that. For Georgia, one significant stride that has been reached recently is the passage of postpartum extension coverage to one full year postpartum. Georgia has made great strides in moving that legislation into law. But as the article and the data from the March of Dimes points out, it's the prenatal care. It's the in-pregnancy care. It's the health care of the woman before she's even pregnant that has an impact on these outcomes. The party that professes to be pro-life continues to contribute to infant mortality rates being heightened in the states that they control. The right loves to harp on abortion rates and abortion rates amongst women of color. Asking the left why they believe black lives matter, but black babies don't matter. Well, first of all, nothing is a baby until it's born. Second of all, If we do all believe that black lives matter, you know, because y'all like to tell us that all lives matter, then that includes black lives, black female lives, black pregnancies that are intended where the child is wanted. Those lives matter as well. And yet, here we are in 2022, one of the few states left that has yet to accept Medicaid expansion from the federal government as part of the Affordable Care Act for no good reason other than stubbornness, refusal to accept that the Affordable Care Act, while not perfect, is an improvement for the American health care system. There is no other logical reason. And this is why it's sad that Stacey Abrams wasn't able to overtake the incumbent governor, Brian Kemp, to win the governor's race, last week. At a campaign event late last September, candidate Stacey Abrams had a bunch of medical professionals, doctors, nurses, students even in medical school, who made this point very clear. Medicaid expansion would save lives, including pregnancies. Listen to this this, uh, medical student by the name of uh, Nell Merman Bonnell of pregnant black and Hispanic women in Georgia not having seen a doctor in a year or more prior to their pregnancy. And half of Hispanic women do not have a personal doctor or a healthcare provider. Second only to Grady, AMC provided the most care to low-income patients and patients of color. The loss of AMC will only perpetuate these systemic barriers and hurt pregnant patients, especially patients of low socioeconomic status who are desperately in need of medical care. Moreover, Georgia ranks 45th in the country for low birth weight babies. In Georgia, 14% of all black infants are born low weight, often due to inadequate access to prenatal care and unmanaged chronic conditions as a result of insufficient long-term health care coverage. 
Low birth weight babies have higher rates of infant mortality, as well as chronic diseases, if they make it to adulthood. I need to see the party that professes to be pro-life to be pro-life for all. All pregnancies matter, right? Here's another thing. Brian Kemp now has won a second consecutive term. He can only serve two consecutive terms. He could serve another term, but he has to sit out four years. I don't think he'd do that anyway. So now that he's safely secured his time in office, why not expand Medicaid now? The state is awash in billions of excess money that would cover the, what, 10% of the Medicaid expansion costs, the federal government covering the other 90%. There's no reason not to do this now except stubborn, willful, ignorant posturing by a governor who knows he's wrong. From that stop in September, Nell merman Bunnell continues. Black babies are twice as likely to die as white babies in Georgia. AMC was a lifeline for many of these women and babies. Its closure will worsen birth outcomes, hurting those most vulnerable. These moms and babies deserve better. Georgia is one of the deadliest states in the country to live as a pregnant person. Closure of AMC, in addition to not expanding Medicaid, will perpetuate this already devastating situation. So the governor can't do anything about the Atlanta Medical Center closing at this point. And having not expanded Medicaid years ago, when he had the opportunity to, may have kept the Atlanta Medical Center open. Maybe not under Wellstar's umbrella, but under somebody's. Now, earlier this week, Judge Robert McBurney enjoined the Georgia abortion law, the six-week abortion ban, set it aside, and of course the state's going to appeal that. But one of the things that would aid a pregnant woman to receive abortion care prior to six weeks is access to health care to begin with, because many women don't know they're pregnant on or before the six-week mark to begin with. Which brings me back to the question, why would the state not expand Medicaid now for at least women in their reproductive years? There's no logical explanation except the cruelty is the point. The unaffected who are in power don't care about the affected. I'll share the uh, March of Dimes report card for you at RonshowETL on Twitter. More Roncho after this on the America One Radio app and at AmericaOneRadio.com. Incidentally, for those who don't know, my full-time job is that I am a realtor, a real estate agent with eXp Realty. And you can dive right into the latest listings, get your home value checked out, check out open houses by visiting me at rononthereal.com. Even share some uh, blog posts that has me focusing in on the real estate industry and trends. Obviously, interest rates are climbing right now, which has a lot of folks thinking, oh, that means the market's going to go south. Atlanta's Atlanta's a different animal. Money Magazine actually says that Atlanta is the number one place to live, the best place to live in the United States. And by 2040, 
there will be two and a half million more of us living in Metro Atlanta. There's like six million now. That's a big chunk of people coming in the next 18 years. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, 18 years, that's that's a long way from now. Do you know it was 18 years ago we were all jamming in the club to a new song called Yeah by Usher, Little John, and Ludacris? Yeah. <laughs> Not all that long ago, right? Life moves pretty fast. Ferris Bueller, thank you. Currently, we are seeing mortgage interest rates at or above 7%. That's a far cry from the below 3% figures we were enjoying the last two years, but they're not all that different than what they were in 2004, 18 years ago. And by 2040, if you pull the trigger on a home purchase or a rental income investment property today, you'd be either done with it if you chose a 15-year mortgage or more than halfway through a 30-year note with equity growing by the year in a local housing market needing space for two and a half million more people by 2040. What I'm saying is what you buy now is likely going to be wildly more valuable in 2040 or even 2030. It really is good to be number one, especially if you own your own home or a rental income property or both in Metro Atlanta. Hit me up, Ron at rononthereal.com, 843-283-0078, Georgia MLS 396-720.